The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Wednesday morning, and welcome to, uh, I guess, the third day of Christmas edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station, the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJX FM 92.1. We always truly never change. Merry Christmas, man. Hope you had a wonderful one. Fell on a Monday this year. Know what I'm saying? So that means New Year is going to start on a Monday as well. Let me tell you something, right? It is absolutely lovely outside. Visibility out of this world. We could see the outline for BVI Islands this morning. When I come over the top of the hill and I see the little one all the way to the right, which is to the east, I was like, what? But um, Sean, uh, one of uh, WTJX family over there in St. Thomas sent me some photos yesterday, so I know that we are going through a visibility period where are. Uh, Things are going good. We're going to reach out to the weather service, right? Talk to them a little bit. If I know what to expect, you know, the POTUS landing today, right? The president of the United States, along with the FLOTUS, the first lady of the United States, landing today. Okay, so that's why they, you know, fixing up some roads and all that stuff. Can he travel us out nowhere and all that? I don't know what I mean, but... Uh, <clears throat> We want to thank the president, man. You know what I'm saying? Help out the economy a little bit. Right? That's what happens when the leader of the free world comes down here. He fell in love with St. Croix. I mean, what's, you know, falling in love with the Virgin Isles is a very natural thing. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, let's just hope that, uh, you know, he enjoys his stay here. I think he's going to be here till later, the first or the second. Then he will head back up the way. And, uh, you know, so, uh, all that good stuff. I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas, seriously. And I just want us to have a, a wonderful holiday season and then a prosperous 2024 and all that good stuff. We got a weather service on the line. Good morning. Who am I speaking with? Hi, this is Emmanuel. How are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? Um, good, good, good. Felicidades. Felicidades, felicidades. <laughs> I like speaking that, my bad Spanish, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I enjoy speaking. How was your How, how was your Christmas? We were working here, so, you know. Oh, tra estaba trabajando. Sí, yeah. We, well, we're never close, so we have to worry about on the holidays. But it was it was beautiful weather, though. It's been beautiful it weather. It was really nice, yeah. I mean... Um, Let's talk about the visibility, first of all. It is very, very clear. We could see uh, St. Thomas. I live here on St. Croix. St. Thomas and St. John, they're 40 miles away. We can see that easily. Very clearly. See? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yesterday we have a little bit of Saharan dust, but I was checking the guidance today, and it shows very clear conditions. Um, we only have like a few clouds developing between San Croix, Vieques, and Culebra, but you know, in general, it should be a beautiful day today. As that trough that was around the area uh, yesterday moved, it was replaced by a high-pressure system, so you know, for the rest of 2023, we are expecting really, really nice weather. 
uh, across all our local islands. This is, this is beautiful. Tell me about the beaches and our boaters. What should they be looking for? Much better than last week. Seas in the Caribbean are one to three feet. Winds are very light out of the northeast, seven to nine knots. And um, well, there's a low rip current risk for the Virgin Islands, so it's actually going to be really nice, uh, at least for the next few days. We are expecting as well maybe by the beginning of the year, but for now, for this, for the rest of this week, uh, expect beautiful conditions, really quiet way, weather in general. Okay, that's good. So I'm looking here on, on, on the website to see um, which municipality in Puerto Rico has uh, pet patronales. Uh, this week, because uh, you guys have at least one town that has a patronales every week, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I haven't received any, well, since, you know, since the weather is nice, I have, we haven't received any requests for mm -hmm. assisting with weather, so I know last week was to Macau, but this week I'm not sure. Okay, I, I, just, I just found it. This weekend, uh -huh. on Friday, Yes. Viernes de Salsa en Isabela. So, oh, Isabela. So, Isabela so, is so, in the northwest. That's in the northwest. Okay, that's yes. that's heading towards Aguadilla, right? That's on yeah, the way to Aguadilla. Very close, very close to Aguadilla. Yeah, so so they got Viernes de Salsa uh, in, Isabel, in Isabela this weekend. Wow. Yeah. So so this is good. And then uh, in January, they got uh, Fiestas de la, de la Calle in San Sebastián. Which is San Juan. It's in the capital city. Okay, okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. So... Yo, man, let's just keep the weather like it is. You know, you know, the president's coming to St. Croix, right? Oh, really? When? Today. He's going to oh, be. Oh, because he has his vacation house there, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So he's going to be coming here. So we're glad we got some good weather. So he's supposed to be coming today. So uh, hopefully it could be nice and cool and they can enjoy themselves for three or four days before he heads back up to the to Washington. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the lows in St. Croix today. Yeah, what's the low? Uh, okay, this morning when I was driving in, it was low 70, 73. I have 73 in this end, uh, around Coron Valley, 73 in oh. the airport, and 75 just west of the airport, so it's really nice. That's nice. Okay. What about St. Thomas and St. John? What's the weather look like over there for today? Weather is actually really nice. I mean, it's, well, they have even less clouds than you guys in St. Croix. I mean, it should be quiet, maybe a few showers this evening. Mm -hmm. And usually in the night hours or in the overnight, some showers develop over the waters and they move inland. But, you know, we're not really expecting any impact from them, just, you know, maybe wet roads. Aside from that, lows in the Virgin Islands, I see a 69 in eastern St. John, 73 on the south, and 73 also for St. Thomas. So, you know, basically low 70s across the board. So, so we're, we're going to be freezing in the Virgin Islands, is what you're saying. Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Manuel, nice talking to you, man. Happy holidays. Felicidades otra vez. And, uh, uh, yeah, man, and, uh, yeah, everything and hopefully everything works out for all, the, all of you meteorologists in San Juan and your families and all that good stuff, okay? Thank you. Same to you. You got it. That's how Manuel uh, from uh, the Weather Service, one of my friends them were teasing me uh, about my, my, uh, my bad Spanish, you know what I'm saying? So, you know what it is, you know what I'm saying? Felicidades. Look, uh, a great um, Crucian from out of the West. His name was Cherahilega, and he uh, <clears throat> he was a very formal type of person. Big guy, spoke well, liked to talk sports and all that stuff. So uh, another another uh, established staple on St. Croix is Teddy Bro, Teddy Bro out of Grove. So you know, all of us, you know, we like the horses. So one day we were at uh, the Doc James racetrack in the summer cast room, 
and Teddy Brown was in there. You know, Teddy likes you know, like myself, you know, handicapping and all that stuff. So Chara comes comes through the door, right? And this is Teddy Brown, you know, and he said, Theodore, felicidades, man. And look, it sounded so smooth. Now nobody knows Teddy Brown as Theodore, you know, but Chara Haile got so formal, you know, what I'm saying? so every time. I see uh, Teddy Bro, you know, Dennis Bro, Dennis Bro's dad. I said, Theodore, and he knows what's coming next. And I mean, that, that felicidades. Come on, he said the same thing with uh, Valdemar Jackson. So I said, Valdemar, felicidades, man. <laughs> it's all good. We got some bush tea coming up in a couple minutes. Me and Dwayne Henry going to shoot the breeze, talk about the president coming down this way. You know, all this stuff. And, you know, 2024 is going to be wild, you know, on the legal front. And we enjoy that. Uh, good morning, Attorney Jennifer Jones. Thanks for. You know, liking the, the little bush tea and all that stuff. Uh, uh, Tony Bates, you know what I'm saying? Same thing. Um, felicidades. También. For all of you and all that. That's my word for today. You know what I'm saying? I hope I noticed. Right? <laughs> you check greetings and all that good stuff. Yeah. And then uh, we got the um, RT Park. Supposed to be joining us at uh, 840. They got a lot of good things going on with the RT Park. Real Virgin Islands entity there. And even though it's a corporate headquarter. Deal on St. Croix, uh, a majority of the uh, companies right now working with the RT Park are actually on the <clears throat> on the rock. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we're looking forward to talking with uh, Eric Sanye and uh, and Sydney Paul about uh, some initiatives going on there as well. So, you know, I want my gleam on there, right? Uh, Christmas is turning out to be my favorite day of the year. By far, in particular when it's held, when it's on a weekend, right? Because the sports junkie that I am, <clears throat> you got five basketball games. It'll start at one o'clock in the afternoon and finish at two o'clock in the morning. And then when Christmas falls on a weekend, National Football League they like to make sure they have a, a number of games like last year and then this year. It was a Last year it was a Saturday. This year it was a, I mean, last year was a Sunday. This year was a Monday. They got three football games. So you can imagine five NBA games and three NFL games for your boy. I mean, I'm just glued to my TV. Ain't coming out of my house now. I got to deal with everybody Christmas Eve or the day before that and Christmas Eve Eve. You check. Christmas Day. Homeboy stuck. Ain't no moving. And checks so out. Enjoy uh, just cooling out. And, uh, you know, as you age, you, you want your Christmas to be mellow <clears throat> and all that good stuff. So, uh, watch a lot of basketball, a lot of football. I see um, the the Raiders uh, upset the Chiefs, um, the Super Bowl champs. So, they're kind of struggling this year, but they're going to make the playoffs. They're 9 and 6. And then there was a big matchup. Monday night with the team from, with the best record in the AFC traveling across the country to play the team with the best record in the NFC. And when you look wrong, the Baltimore Ravens, and they drag, they drag San Francisco 49ers in the street, my son. 33 to 19, or 33 to 12 late in the game. I mean, they just manhandle them. So as it stands right now, I know they still, have, they still got the... Um, they still got the uh, 49ers as the favorites, but you know what I want them, my son. Baltimore, to me, is the best team in the NFL this year, yeah. At least through through uh, 15 games in the season. 
know what I'm saying? Because that beat down there, that one, that one at home. When you go to somebody place and beat them like that, and and you got a better record than them, I I just I can't see how they could be a better team than you. Meaning to this over analysis thing, okay? Both of us eleven and three. I had to spend Christmas in your place. Now we playing Christmas night, and when the fourth quarter come, I lead in you thirty three to twelve, and you scrambling to try to score to catch up, and the game end up thirty three nineteen. I am the better team, and they're done. <laughs> no, I'm saying seriously. So, all you Ravens fans, man, y'all feel good about your squad. You check, but that's just regular season playoffs is a whole different ball game. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. Because remember now, one thing about sports, it's about being healthy at uh, the right time. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? So, like I said, President Biden uh, is going to be uh, in these parts. And this is a tradition that he actually started uh, while he was vice president. And uh, he goes to likes to go to Point Udall uh, in the morning. So you know what I mean, right? A lot of beefed-up security. Um, the Secret Service got to protect the big man. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's going to be like that uh, for the next uh, couple of days. Uh, and don't feel no way. I know we got uh, Tony Dwayne Henry uh, joining us this morning. Uh, hey. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, man. How's everything? You know that? Counselor. Look like we got a problem with that line there. Okay, hold on there. I can't hear him. You, you can hear him, can we? Hmm? Oh, you got caught up. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, so uh, hopefully... You know something I know I gotta do. Hold on there. <coughs> Hold on there. I tell you to call the next number. Make a that one there for some reason I cannot. Okay. But um uh like like I was saying, alright? Um one of my um nearest and dearest sent me a text message. And unfortunately, <clears throat> uh, Roland Martin, who are here, um, taking a shot at, at us um, because the road them in where they're supposed to be, in the condition they're supposed to be. So, and he hear that the the president coming, so he said, hopefully the uh, the president don't fall in a pothole. Not me. Wow. Dwayne Henry, how are you? Good morning, sir. How are you? <laughs> well, I apologize. Actually, that dog have wrong shang them here and the guy leave the spot to roll. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, happy holidays, all that good stuff. Man. How was the Christmas? Absolutely. And I died just like you. I've been in my bed for most of the days. <laughs> but then in the afternoon, I went and my family got together. Mm -hmm. um, normally... When my mother was alive for about his Christmas second day, so we normally look at a big 
party, her old friend that, that day, but since she passed about six years ago, we muted down at Christmas thing uh, because, of course, you don't have the, the Christmas kind of party. And mm-hmm. Christmas itself never was a big deal in terms of celebrating, so it's just a quiet family day. So we just sat around me and my brother and sister and my dad crap about each other how you know growing up just memories it was a, a wonderful time that's good how how your brother um the councilman doing he's doing well um we, um, we heard from him of course christmas day um up there in um, jacksonville yeah they, his kids um they one live in houston and the others live like in other parts of the state of florida and i guess they all came together at one point i don't know who showed up when but um they're doing well up there. It looked like I tell that. You, it, look, <laughs> it looked like that. That not Florida. That, that not Florida weather come down here because nice and nice and nippy. Uh, in yeah, these parts, yeah. Man. Me, I like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, when I when I when I get in the car and I look at the dash and I see seventy three, I say, uh huh. And this, uh-huh. and, and this is December because you know, like, the, the coolest thing you know, again is is late January and all of February. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I'm actually loving it a little bit because after that eight months of that oppressive heat. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. I would have text snow. <laughs> <laughs> September, September and October yeah, were, 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 I mean, they were ridiculous, man. What we were dealing with, man. Yeah, man. It was oppressive. Yeah, was man. Uh, my good friend, um, Tony um, Coffee, Bloodman is visiting, and um, he was talking about how nice it is. I said, look. Let me tell you, you want a while to be in about three months. Of no, sir. No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. By the way, it's, it's, it's 62 degrees in Jacksonville right now, sir. We, we ain't too far. We ain't too far after right. time. You know what I'm saying? That, that's nice. Yeah, that's and, nice. And the, 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 the meteorologist just told me that uh, in parts of St. Uh, St. John, it's going to be 69 degrees. Uh, matter of fact, it's 69 now. And... Uh, uh, and, and, and hills. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and low 70s uh, in St. Thomas. Uh, and and Saint Croix. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about um, the president um, coming to the coming to these parts again, and and our history of uh, presidents uh, coming to the Virgin Islands uh, over the years. Uh, a little bit of bush tea uh, on the third day of Christmas. Be back right after this. <clears throat> Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers CDs for education, homes, or vacations. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. A penalty might be imposed for early withdrawal, new money only. Funds may not be transferred from existing Bank of St. Croix accounts to CDs. Rates subject to change at any time. Fees may reduce earnings and principal. www.bankofstcroix.com. Member FDIC. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. Wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. 
journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Doom scrolling. Let's break that habit, folks. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where if you want to know what's going on in the world and why it matters, all you have to do is give your thumb a rest and perk up your ears. We've got the news, but we've also got curiosity, joy, and surprise. Tune in for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Music can be an incredibly personal experience. A song can inspire you, it can comfort you, it can make you feel understood, it can even take you back to a specific moment in your life. And it all begins with the artist. Join me, Raina Duras, as I get personal through in-depth interviews with your favorite musicians and find out where those songs come from on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. We're back here on Alexis, and I got um, my good friend, uh, Dwayne Henry, uh, joining me uh, for some uh, Bush T-Money once again. Counselor, glad to have you on. Good morning, Senator. Thank you. Good. So, good let, morning, me, everyone. Let, let me take you back to, to the late 1971 when um, um, <clears throat> Richard Nixon, right? The president, the, the, the president, uh, uh, elected in 68 and then re-elected in 72 before he was uh, unceremoniously uh, jettisoned out of the White House uh, in, in, in 74. Uh, he visited uh, the, the Virgin Islands, right, in 71, right? So uh, here's the deal. They, they fly into St. Croix, right? Because, of course, you know, uh, back then they hadn't expanded the runway for what was then Harry right. Truman? That was that was then Harry Truman Airport, right over there in St. Right. Thomas before it was named and it was Alexander Hamilton and Saint Croix, Truman and uh, Saint Thomas, and now um, uh, Rolson and Cyril King, uh, respectively. So uh, when he landed Saint Croix, he said, uh, "Washington is below freezing. I'm glad to be in the Virgin Islands." The president told reporters at Saint Croix, where his Air Force One jet landed. Mr. Nixon flew by helicopter to the, to the nearby island of St. John, where he and Mrs. Nixon planned to stay until Monday in a $105-a-day villa at Canil Bay Plantation Resort, right? So, so 52 years ago, soon to be 53 come January, it cost $105 a day to stay at Canil Bay, man. That's a sweet bread in, in this economy. You check? equivalent to about 900 <laughs> Yes, <sir>. <laughs> <laughs> Right, when you factor in inflation, right? Uh, yeah. Well, then again, Canil Bay don't exist right now. We're going to talk about that in a little bit because it, yeah. it had some developments uh, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Very and weird. and yeah. he said, uh, Mr. Nixon brought with him a briefcase containing drafts of messages he will present to Congress in coming weeks. But he said he also hoped to read three books. You know what I'm saying? So, 
um, you know, we've always been attractive, man. Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of big wigs, McConnell, Reed, Clinton, um, Obama, you know, all of them have been here. Um, you know, they, they, it's a beautiful place to come to. Um, the Iraq Post, I think I sent you there um, thing, and tell people something else. They, 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 they published the story that, that Biden is coming to St. Croix, but this is, and I quote, Biden is leaving the United States behind to go to St. Croix. <laughs> you know, and they're supposed to be educated people. Be, be, they're not, man. A lot of them is, is a bunch of dunce. Serious, man. Yep. Yep. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'll, if they had said leaving the mainland, then they could have given with it. You know what I'm saying? But Thank you. They can't. They really can't help themselves, man. Yeah, they, 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 yeah and, and, and the idea for them was to make it look like he leaving the country, period. You know, and um, going to some foreign place. You know, it's 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 insane. You know, just to, you know, they they make themselves look stupid by attempting to make the man look bad. But but then they also got to understand is that he has property interests on St. Croix. Of course, you know, for what it is, we are the Southern White House. And that's right. That's right. Whether they like it or not. And then uh, yeah. and then fast forward to the late 90s where uh, Bill Clinton, right? Right. You said after his 14th New Year's at a conference in South Carolina, President Clinton, uh-huh. and this is January 1, 1998, President Clinton carried on a new tradition by making a second straight follow-up visit to the Virgin Islands. The president, First Lady Hillary Rodham Clinton, daughter Chelsea, and new dog Buddy escaped the unusually chilly resort island of Hilton Head, South Carolina, and began a nearly four-day return visit to the island of St. Thomas. The Clintons planned to stay through Sunday at at the seaside rental home of local residents Jay and Dolly Greblick, right? So, you know what I mean? We, we, we've always been attractive. So what's going on now with President Biden? Ain't nothing new. I mean, this is, right. this, this is home away from home. Yeah, I'm that's what I'm saying. He has property interests. So he's like, he stayed in hotels and this kind of stuff, bro. But, um, and, and remember, Obama came, but to, to be clear, he was president-elect. Well, no, 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 no. No, he actually, no, he actually wasn't the president elected. I don't know when he came. Right, the first time he came oh, okay. was, was in November oh. of 2017. Right, that was that oh, was. Yeah, that, no, it was November by five No, 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 that, that, that was that was fundraising, and uh, I got that. Okay. We, we got to meet him, me and Wang Figueroaville drove over there by the the Ritz Carlton. They hooked right. us up, you know. Back back then we had title, right? Or like or like did I say? <laughs> like, like, like did I say? Like 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 did I say? In the Eastern Caribbean we had title. See, <laughs> we got Tiger, right? And then uh, he came back again in Easter of 2008 because he was under under pressure because of his relationship with Jeremiah Wright. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I want you to say right, right, right. Pun intended, right? Yeah. <laughs> no pun, pun is intended. So, so, he, so, so he knew, he, he knew from in, uh, his trip in November that if I need to get away with, with my wife and, and get away from some heat, I could come to the Virgin Islands. So he was here, uh, and then he, he was officially nominated. Uh, uh, well, he got the votes. In June, and then right. they, we went through the nomination process later on that summer of 2008, and then of course, uh, the rest is history. Me personally, I I don't see why a president, 
in uh what's it fourteen hundred day term right because it's three sixty five seven thirty fourteen sixty fourteen hundred and sixty four hundred and sixty sixty one days okay, you gotta leap here in there why a president can't visit all of the US US jurisdictions in a four year period. I don't see I don't I don't see why it's a problem. You know what I'm saying? You know, if if I were president that's exactly what I would do. Yeah, man. I would spend a weekend in every state <laughs> and territory. Yeah. Just just because you you, you you may not have won the electoral votes from a for a particular state or because or the territories uh-huh. don't get to vote for president, that shouldn't preclude uh-huh. you from at least touching touching the flesh, man. I mean, come on down. Yep. You know? I would do I would I would absolutely do that. Yeah. Um the last you know they said um before he was killed that um John Kennedy there was part of that his campaign plan was to try to visit every single Correct. state. Correct. Uh, Correct, and that's all. Yeah, know, Dallas uh, was like they're, they're jumping off. Uh, he was, uh, he was in his, he yeah. was completing his third year as president in '63, right? Before, um, you know, he was um, tragically assassinated down in Dallas on a parade road, right? It was a ceremonial right. road, right? Yeah, Parkland, yeah. But he, but he had a, he had a history here in the Virgin Islands as well, you know, because before, before he got elected uh, uh-huh. in '60, he came down here. To to uh to a dinner, right? The, 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 uh-huh. What's it? The, the Jackson Jefferson dinner, the, the, the big Democratic thing, yeah. right? And right. and uh, and he said uh, he just came from Manhattan, right? And he <laughs> I, I, and he knows he, he knew that uh, the the purchase price for Manhattan was the same as the Virgin Islands, and he wanted to know <laughs> he wanted to know why Manhattan cost so much compared to the Virgin Islands because Donya yeah. so lovely, you know what I'm saying? What, uh, what, what, and then he, of course you know for those of you who don't know, right? His his father right was a tremendous bootlegger, right? Yeah and, yes. and and a lot of day rum that they were bootlegging right up there uh-huh. in Green Key and St. Croix. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. At, at a time when we were going through the depression, America was going through the depression. Uh-huh. His father they were making a whole heap of money cuz they were bootleg <laughs> they were bootlegging rum and and, and, right. and and they were coming out of the VI. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yep. Right I up there. Everybody had the cash for whole connections and stuff. There you go. You know, there. Harlem. I mean, he ran numbers but Obviously, um, he was probably a consultant as to how to get into the racket down here. But we have traditionally, because Alexander Hamilton, that's why he was a, um, a rum runner too. Remember the, in the American Revolution that um, the, the colonies um, they, they couldn't get from the other British areas, and Spain support, they couldn't get from the Spanish areas either. So the Danish West Indies was a huge supplier of rum and molasses. Here it is. Colonies. Here it is. That's what. That's, that's what the term rum runners coming from came from. Here it is. Was the um the, the Danish they they went Saint Cousin sloops the Carnam Island sloops slipping through the blockade because there was a British blockade of the colonies. There you go. And so that's why they call them rum runners running wow. rum wow. to the blockade. And then of course the current president started his tradition of coming here while he was vice president. And uh, yeah, and and, and, and of course, the trip last year was the trip last year was so good um, that uh, the, the the floaters came came back in March, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, the first lady came the, back the, in March. Um, you know, this is always a good thing for our economy and stuff like that. Um, 
it's a boost. Um, you know, even though the, the, the temporary shutting down the cast. So much people come with them. I tell you, let me tell you, well, last time you was here, I was in small stores like um, like um, Tide Village gas station, Secret Service man, going in there to buy snacks and beer and all kind of thing. So, so a little, a lot of the Ziggies, I know, made a lot of money and castaways up there in the East End, those in the East End. Um, but um, the, the grocery stores here in Gallows Bay and, and, and close by areas also um, benefited well. It was like a little, it's like a mini cruise ship came in. <laughs> well, you know, all I know is uh, hopefully, you know, they enjoy their stay. Um, it's going to be uh-huh. a, a three to five day stay. Of course, they're going to see January 1. Uh, 2024 right. here, Point Udall, of course, the easternmost point, right, in the U.S. Yeah. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, and, and hopefully you don't make the mistake that Trump made when uh, Trump Trump came came down here <laughs> in 2017 and said he met the president of the Virgin Islands. Right. <laughs> I think, I think, not to disparage um, non-lawyers, but Biden is a lawyer and he's a lot more intelligent than people think he is. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, you know, he's, 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 He's not an idiot. Um, I think he's well aware that we don't have a president here. <laughs> Speaking of which, the Candil Bay situation. I, I read in the source. Uh-huh. I read in the source that um, the the Judge Malloy is no longer sit, no, sit is hearing the case and a highly unusual. Yeah, and, and an appellate judge um, uh-huh. um, has been assigned to the case. Of course, there's right. a dispute between the current ownership group. And the government, as to who own it, right? right? So speak a little bit about yeah. that. It, it, for, from what you know, um, you know, just, just just on a on a cursory level, not necessarily detailed, right? Yeah. Um, of course, because let me tell you, that is what we call complex litigation. Mm-hmm. That is highly, highly technical. That case, and um, which is why it's been at impasses. Um, you know the. Um, Judge Smack, who was immediate, had reported that there was an absolute impasse on this has to go to trial. But let me tell you, I don't um, envy the um, the jury that's going to hear that case because it is so it's difficult even for me from what I've read, um, the short synopsis of some of the briefs and stuff like that. Um, I know Chad Messier, the attorney there in St. Thomas, very good attorney. Um, it's going to be uh, ugly. I think um, Jason Hewlett is doing it for the um, the U.S. Attorney's Office. I'm not sure. But I know she was actually involved at some stage. But I think they probably brought down some some experts from, from out of Washington to probably assist on this case. But um, they, 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 it's very unusual for a judge to be removed other than self-recusal from a case. And... It's even more unusual for um, him to be replaced with a non-trial judge. There have been cases in the Virgin Islands that have maybe started out saying Gomez Courtroom or, or um, and I give you one of those cases was um, Chucky Hansen's case. Chucky Hansen's case was eventually handled by um, Judge Savage, I think it was, yeah, yeah, out, yeah, of, um, yeah. uh, out of Pennsylvania. Yeah. But he, he's in the Third Circuit, but he's a, he was a district court judge. In this case, it's a Third Circuit judge that's going to be actually uh, residing. That's a pretty high level for an appellate judge to try a case. 
Well, especially in the especially in the same district where it would be appealed to anyway. You see how weird it gets. If, you know, he's trying this case. If um, whoever loses appeals, and it goes back to him because he's actually sitting on the third circuit. Oh, she. She. Okay. Sorry, okay. Here, here, here it is. Right. Uh, Thursday's brief. On the, on the court docket did not offer an explanation for the move. This case is reassigned to the Honorable Cheryl Ann Krause for all further proceedings. Chief Judge Robert A. Malloy is no longer assigned to this case. Krause is an appellate judge for the Third Circuit Court of Appeals, which serves Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and the Virgin Islands. She was nominated by President Barack Obama in February 2014 and confirmed by the U.S. Senate that July, according to her biography on the court's website. Previously, she served as a law clerk for Supreme Court Justice Anthony M. Kennedy and, among other roles, is an adjunct professor of law at the University of Pennsylvania Law School. And apparently, right, apparently, according to uh, uh, Judge Smack, who I believe was the mediator, they're at, they're, they're, they reach an impasse. Right, they can't. Yes, the, yes. The, the, there's the 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 parties involved. Oh, here we go. Filed on June 30th, 2022. The lawsuit has seemingly been stalled since October 26, when Attorney Henry C. Smack, the mediator in the case, reported that the parties quote have reached a total impasse, and all uh-huh. issues require court action. So, um, right. and I'm gonna hold on to you for a little bit longer than expected. Why going to do, right, we head into a break, but why I'm going to ask you to, 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 to put together your thoughts is um, when we have a mediator, right, trying to find common ground between two parties who are way apart like this, and it gets to a point where the mediator says, look, man, it ain't going to happen. The way, where they, where they at now, um, you know, we need somebody else, and in this case, he claimed all issues require court action. I wanted to break that down for me a little bit when we come back uh, from this break. Okay, so we'll take a break and be back right after this. interviews, new music, new books, rattling good stories, interesting people, challenging analysis, laughs, air shows, and donkey rides for the kids. So come along with us. Weekend Edition, Saturday mornings from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. With so much going on, it can be hard to keep up with who's doing what and why. 
I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, letting you know whether it's news from across the country and the world or a deep conversation about a novel, movie, or music, we got you. Grab your coffee or your earbuds and tune in to Weekend Edition from NPR News. Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Be here when Great Performances at the Met presents Simon McBurney's reimagined production of The Magic Flute. It's Alberflute. Mozart's sublime fairy tale pits the power of love against the forces of darkness. Starring Lawrence Brownlee and Aaron Morley, delight in Ditz Alberflute on Great Performances at the Met. December 30th at 10 p.m. on WTJX TV, Channel 12. We're back here and analyze this and uh, Little Bush T uh, here uh, with uh, the one only uh, Dwayne Henry. So, mediators, um, uh, when they de- when when they get to the point where no return, what do we do at that particular point? Just so everybody knows, so mediation is when you get together with an impartial um, person. The American Mediation Institute um, is big in the Virgin Islands. None of it's also some independent mediators. But most of them are former judges like Judge Donahue and and, um, and, and Judge Swap and, 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 and esteemed attorneys like Andy Captain are a really, really great mediator. But let me tell you, if these guys can't get you to agree then there's serious problems in the case. What struck me was Smock's report said they couldn't agree on anything. Wow. So, you know, a lot of times there's partial settlements along the way, you know, and, and you could go ahead and stipulate to certain things coming out of the mediation, especially in a civil case. Uh, they might not be a period, but you might, okay, we stipulate this, stipulate that, that, that kind of stuff. But, um, that has not, nothing, I mean, these guys, it's almost like they refuse to talk to each other, period. You know, I know that the Park Service is headstrong in their belief, and, you know, the federal government, you know, um, the king is suffering, but um, so they tend to always take an attitude like, um, you know, we're always right. Um but uh, Attorney Messi and Henry would beg to differ, and um, they. So, so the fact that they couldn't agree on any single thing, I think, is telling as to how where this case is going to go. This case is going to be a mess. And in the process, everybody losing. So 
that the media that got to say what happens is they, they gave you a couple chances. Apparently, in a case like this, the mediation went on for the. I've had, as a matter of fact, I'm in the middle of a mediation now that was paused, and we're going back in January. Um, but the. You know, oftentimes you, you, you could get done in a day, depending on, you know, how complex the issues are. But even, like I said, on complex, very complex issues like that, you could get partial settlements and, 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 and agreements. And I'm just surprised that none of that happened here, which would have made it easier at trial because a lot of the issues would have already been taken care of. But we'll see if we do that. Or, you know, they, they can try to get some stuff done on some judgment, but we'll see. But it appears like everything is justicious. You like that word, right? <laughs> of course I like that word. But yeah. I, 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 was, I was looking over what, what the actual dispute is, right? And uh, it, it says... That it's really complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, okay, so e EHI Acquisitions sued the government uh -huh. in June of 2022. For ownership right. of the property, right. it, it has managed under a retained use estate agreement since 2004, right? Right. right. So, EHI, the previous owners are Canil Bay. That's what the problem is. Canil Bay, the property is owned by the Park Service, but the hotel was owned by somebody else. And it, it originally, Rockefeller Resorts, Rock Resorts owned it and stuff like that. Yeah, La Lawrence Rockefeller, right. yeah. Right, yeah. and, and, and Rock Resorts is the name of the company mm -hmm. that owned the hotels. They also used to own um, Carambola here in St. Croix, which was then Fountain Valley. Yeah. Um, but they um, either sold the interests. Um, EHI is, is a successor to the original owners. Correct. And, and what happened is there's this agreement that after so many years, it reverts back to the park service. And it becomes a quite I think one of the big questions is whether the tolling of that has happened and that park service could take possession. EHI say, no, we bought the property or whatever, and we intend to invest in it. And if I'm correct, and if Chad is, if I'm messing this up, Chad, he will call it and, and clear it up. But, um, but apparently the... the um, that's the, the crux of the matter. Who owns whether it reverts to the park service, who seems to have taken possession post hurricane? Because part of the whole thing was that the the original owners had X amount of time to fix up the property and put it back into a uh, thing, and due to insurance and all kinds of cock and bull stories, it never happened. And so the park service is like, look, um, this agreement is no longer good. And it, um, it comes back to us, and we're gonna relet it to somebody else. At issue, this is this is this is this is reading the article. At issue in the suit uh -huh. is who owns the beachfront property that exactly. that the once Tony Resort shuttered shuttered since it was badly damaged by Hurricane Irma in 2017 occupies on uh -huh. St. John. When Lawrence C. S. Rockefeller in 1956 donated the land that makes up the Virgin Islands National Park. He held back roughly 150 acres for the Canil Bay Resort. Jackson Hole Preserve, a Rockefeller entity, donated the land to the park in 1983. However, it came with a retained use agreement, re retained use estate, retained use estate agreement that gave the preserve free use of the property and its facilities for 40 years.
at the end right. of that four-decade period, September 2023, the RUE, which is the Retained Use Estate document, uh -huh. dictated that the buildings and their improvements would be donated to the Park Service. While the right. preserve initially held the RUE, it was passed down to other companies, which you just mentioned, exactly. and finally to CBI acquisitions in 2004, of which EHI is a subsidiary. There you go. And CBI exactly principal Gary Engel has maintained that it would cost $100 million to restore the hurricane-damaged property and sought to extend the RUE for 60 years to recoup such an investment. When that effort failed... EHI and CBI offered to terminate the RUE and sell the resort to the government for $70 million on the condition that EHI and CBI, which is the, the parent company and the subsidiary, right. be released from all environmental liabilities related to the RUE and Canil Bay land and improvements. Therein lies, right. therein lies the crux of why uh -huh. we have this you know, dispute that has gone way beyond um, mediator ability uh, to get to, to reach common ground. Right. They, they, they don't want to, um, like I said, generally um, what, what um, EHI and them are doing, that's very common when you sell property. You, you don't want to retain the environmental um, um, liabilities. You, you, try, you try to sell that with a property. Or at least get it mitigated by some kind of insurance, um, you know, some kind of circle insurance, mm -hmm. um, which will give you, um, you know, protection against any um, environmental claims. Uh, the feds shut that down. Apparently, when the feds, this is another thing: is that even if they were to sell it, the um, the feds would still be able to come after them for any clean up of Canil Bay, and of course, there's no company that's going to, you know, they just bought the thing. They, you know, you could say they bought a lawsuit, like, they lose, you know, like we always say, but it becomes a question of whether, they, you know, like you said, if they, if they, you know, they should be able to dispose of it and um, and also get rid of that, that environmental liability. Well, you know, that's unfortunate because we are six plus years removed from these hurricanes, and um, there are people who um, become sentimentally attached. People from the mainland, I'm talking about, to visiting certain uh -huh. to visiting certain places. I met one, right, uh, uh -huh. and, and it's no longer there for them. But the, for the people of Saint John, right, uh -huh. um, a lot a lot of people worked at Canil Bay. Man, Canil Bay was part of you know an economic engine. And a main part of the economics for St. John. And, and, of course, you know, some people, we have the environmentalists who don't want any kind of development. And I respect their exactly. opinion. Exactly. And all that That's stuff. That's another mix in there. You know, uh, you, you know, but... Yeah, a lot of friends that are called priests in there. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but the reality is, in these parts, right? Because we've been talking, we spoke with the weather service this morning. You know, this is oh. the time of year, you know, where we make our money. Right? Yes. Uh, and we got we got bills to pay. For the for the parts of the year when we don't generate revenue like we're supposed to, and we got we got you know our scope has got to be broadened, and we got to be not only just uh, broaden uh, broaden our scope, we need to be realistic uh -huh. about where we are and how we're going to exist as a people, and and, and if and if we have disputes like this, you know, 
when you keep uh -huh. when, when the elephants fight, you know what time it is, man. You know what happens. Yeah, yeah. Everybody get trampled. But here's the thing, like you said, Canadian for many years was the largest employer out in John, um, and, and 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 now all those people are out of work. But so, but the revenues that they would generate are just not there anymore, and the jobs are gone. You know, from the if you look at both sides, you have to sit down. This is not looking at the, the legal issues, but just looking at the economic issues. Who you think would be better at more quickly developing that property? The United States government or EHI? Um, Who will bring them jobs back quicker? Of course, e EHI, because EHI they are in the government. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. So they're also, you almost don't want the federal government to get nothing to do with it. Because you know they're going to be donkey years while they mess around and piddly piddly with this. You know, everybody knows how the feds look. It'd be another 12 years before that the property gets developed if they were to get their hands on it. So I'm partial towards EHI getting the property um, because I know they could um, either develop it quicker or sell it to somebody who will develop it quicker than the federal government would. And, 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 and the federal government doesn't even have any real plans for it. Anyway, they don't even, I, I don't even know where they're going with this. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm in EHI's court on this one. <laughs> and, and That's the, one of the few times I, I, I do uh, state a, um, a preference, but in this case, it's, you know, I'm not involved in, the, in, the, in, the, in it anyway. And um, full disclaimer, it's just my personal opinion. But, but, but. Keep in mind, right? This ain't just an entity and the government, you know. You got the park service uh, as another player in this in this mix. You know what I'm saying? Well, I can't lend the government because you remember that. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. It's but, but, really the park service will be represented by the Department of Justice. Yeah, yeah, but 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 no, but, but but here's the deal, right? Remember, now you got EHI, you uh -huh. got you got a, you got a, you got a park service, federal government, and then you got the Virgin uh -huh. Islands government as well. So it's still a triangle. Oh, yeah, they, they, they don't even know what they, you, they, they, yeah. they just need to let like, if, you, you know. if the government should stay out of it, let it get settled. Because our, our whole interest is property taxes. And so um, I'm not sure you know, we have some compelling interest in the case. But I guess we have to protect our interests at, at all times. So that's probably the extent of our um, involvement. Yo. <clears throat> Self-rule is self-rule, okay? We've been electing our governor since 1970, right? Uh -huh. The legislature, the, the co Congress allowed us to start electing our legislators 16 years before that, in 1954, uh -huh. right? This is 2023. These are the issues, and, and, and by the way, uh, interior, interior, uh -huh. interior plays a big part in this as well. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Because that's where the park service, that, that's the agency that the park the service... The park service is on the interior. On yes, the interior, of course. right? And, and, and it's weird because interior got technical control over the Virgin Islands too, since we are unincorporated territory. They have that's what, that's what I'm oversight. saying. Uh, and to me, right, I, mixed up. I, 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 I get the impression, right, that the players know about these, these uh, matters on paper. But they really come in here to get a feel for what's going on. And you and I know, right? Um, uh -huh. it, it, it's one thing to know about something, uh, uh -huh. uh, reading about it. 
it's a whole right. different ball game when you get to the physical area and get a feel uh-huh. for what's going on. And, and, and I find it hard to believe. I'm going to cut you off. Uh-huh. I find it hard to believe, given, you know, what we went through with Irma and the devastation of, uh-huh. of Canil Bay. And when uh-huh. you look at how that particular property, right, is an economic engine for the Virgin uh-huh. Islands, that being at an impasse like this for so long, you know, that, that there wouldn't be a higher level of sensitivity for someone who really is, you know, on the ground, man. Something is something is missing here, counselor. I agree with you hundred percent and that's why I tell that's why I made a statement about EHI that I would support them over the federal government any day because the federal government has absolutely no sense of urgency in any matter. And um, it, it, you know, and it's been demonstrated by the response to hurricanes or something. I mean, some they may see it fast, but really they're extremely slow and, and extremely complicated and cumbersome. It's a of bureaucracy to be dealing with. And, and when you got get them coordination between three different agencies and this kind of stuff, in order for, for you know, what would be a, a routine um, property case, it has, has, you know, has turned into questions of status and and sovereign rights and this kind of stuff as you have pointed out you know uh, and then of course you know the park service they're exactly you know um you know very uh they're not looked at very highly right about now given what we deal with that that's, that's, what, that's you know exactly what i said yeah, about yeah man they, yeah, man, yeah. I, I don't want to be like too harsh on them but they operate, let me put it this way, they, they don't operate at their own speed and will. Mm-hmm. Everybody else be damned. Okay? There they, 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 they really isn't that sensitivity. We're going to take a break. We're going to take a break. We're going to take a break. And I know, don't go away. We'll be back right, back right after this. No, man, I dare you. you need a moment to just step back, relax, and listen to your favorite song. I'm Raina Duris, and on the next World Cafe, maybe I can help you find something new to love, or maybe remind you of something you've been missing. There's so much music out there to enjoy, so take a moment, take a breath, and tune in to World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. So I spent the past year trying to figure out what news designed for 21st century humans might look like. One of the things that really stuck with me was that we now know that humans actually need hope to get up in the morning. And I don't think as a journalist, I ever thought about it that way. We're always looking for new and better ways to understand the world we live in. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 